0: You're listening to the Canadian Investor Protection Fund podcast channel. Here we connect with industry leaders and experts in the financial sector.
1: Welcome to another episode in the CIPF podcast series. I'm Ilana Singer. Our topic of conversation today is insolvency in times of crisis. This pandemic has truly changed the approach to managing insolvencies by regulators, courts, lawyers and trustees, among others. Our discussion today will explore a number of innovative practices currently being used by the courts, lawyers and trustees, given this new reality, working from home. My guests today are two leaders in the insolvency field who have been applying these new practices in their files over the past year. Martin Daigneault and Marc Duchesne. Martin Daigneault is Senior Vice President Ernst & Young in Montreal. He's a seasoned and well-respected advisory professional with a focus on corporate restructuring and insolvency. Marc Duchesne is a well-known and highly respected partner with Borden Ladner Gervais in Montreal. He provides legal advice to debtors and creditors. Martin and Marc, it is great to have you both participating in this podcast today. Why don't we get started? Martin, my first question goes to you. Can you describe your experience of transitioning from working in your office to the work from home model in such a sudden way? Can you also share with our listeners some of your more significant impressions from this time?
0: Thank you, Elena. First of all, I want to thank CIPF for inviting me to participate in this podcast and sharing essentially how our businesses have changed drastically over the last year. It's been quite a ride, as anyone can attest. I mean, When the COVID situation started, who could have known that we'd still be in it 11 months later? If someone would have told us that, we likely would have been in shock. Instead, we progressed slowly through it, week by week and month by month, and we gradually adapted. While I was more easily distracted in the first few weeks of working at home with all the facilities of working there, I've adapted over time whereby I think that I'm as productive now if not more than I was 11 months ago. I was lucky though to already have started working from home from time to time in the year prior to COVID. I had two 24-inch monitors, a strong Wi-Fi and a quiet place to work. With kids doing home study on and off over the past 11 months, I have to think that the quiet workspace was more precious than most of it. Haven't spoken to a lot of people, I think that's likely the case. I recall the stores being sold out of computer monitors and printers. Surprisingly, I also found out over the last year that I really didn't need a printer. My commute time has been converted to more productive work time and actually get the work out of it when I need to escape my laptop for a few minutes and the ever increasing volume of emails and Zoom and team invitations. One thing for sure though, we really didn't have an option but to develop knowingly or passively new work habits. And I think we all slowly got used to this new reality. And the insolvency world out there resulting from COVID really didn't give us any downtime to passively learn these, study these new ways of working at home. We were thrown in at full throttle. While some were initially better equipped with home offices, strong Wi Fi and Skype, Teams and Zoom that others didn't have, we've all moved up the learning curve, albeit at varying speed. Based on my various work relationship over the last year, I'm now under the impression that most professionals are now working essentially with similar tools and facilities. Most people have caught up to the technology requirements that COVID demands. Although some had a tougher go getting there, depending on where their firms were on that infamous March 13, 2020.
1: So Mark, turning to you, can you describe your experience during this transition and you know, describe for our listeners Any particular impressions that you think would benefit them?
2: Well, obviously for us, us lawyers, they say, to use the expression, the experience was a bit different from from Martin and his accounting firm. Uh, We, as lawyers, are more conservative in our approach and we value uh, working at the office. We have less hoteling practices such as accounting firms. So really be at the office early and late and uh, pounding the, you know, sweating the hours was really what it was. So overnight, this our universe has changed. So overnight you can't go to the office or your colleagues won't go to the office. So you may be able to go there and be alone, but it doesn't work. So you have to adapt. And most of us were, equipped to work from home, you know, punctually over the weekend or having an extra brief to prepare at night for tomorrow, that's all fine. But spending five days a week, if not seven at the beginning uh, at home, made you change your environment. Now you had to adapt your, your, your house has grown from one screen to three screens and uh, an office chair and something more comfortable and headsets. And so all of this suddenly is more important than it was before and i must say we were lucky because overnight i mean you had a 730 lawyers working from home and maybe over 500 support staff working from home and and sometime i i thank the vision of our i.t departments for thinking ahead because they basically took decisions two, three years ago that we are not now reaping the benefit of and, and without which we wouldn't have been able to function as a law firm. So, um, I, I must say that if you are were not a believer, now you have to be a believer. So after the initial shock, obviously, I think what happened is, is basically that at the beginning of the pandemic, there was no, absolutely no, let's call it ethic in the sense that clients, colleagues would, would phone you or have Zoom meetings with your Teams meeting almost 24 uh, seven. I mean, you're at home, what's it, what's, you can't travel, you can't go anywhere. So obviously you must be available. You don't eat, you don't sleep. So all of this it was abusive, I would say uh, at the beginning, but slowly uh, the business community uh, adopted some non-written rules of ethics. And that came back to a normal pace soon soon thereafter. But obviously, I mean, with all this efficiency, it's all great. It works pretty well. But we all miss the human contact, for sure. I mean, uh, these conversations, uh, walking to a colleague's office to discuss a case, or have you seen this before? Or this is new. What do you think about this? Or I have this insoluble problem. Can you help me with this? So that is much less frequent now however we've all adapted and now we have learned that you can have zoom meetings and uh, but still human contact is where we lose a lot and uh, that's important it's very important for our young professionals they value this they value the experience so we have to keep a close eye on this and uh, again thank you for an IT department that has vision and thank you for partners that have chosen to invest in this because without it today, would be very difficult to practice, if not impossible.
1: I I could not agree more with both of you, uh, Marc and Martin, about the visionary IT departments that have really played such an important role in all of our lives. Similarly, at CIPF, I'd say we have very strong IT personnel who also were visionary, and so we've also benefited from that. And I guess what you were saying as well, Marc, was that this change was both sudden and truly transformative. And so turning to you again, Mark, can you comment on the role that technology has played? You've already spoken a little bit about it, especially in your role as a lawyer in the insolvency space.
2: Well, luckily enough, and if, if my IT list, department is listening, they'll, they'll ask for a raise, I'm sure. But uh, luckily enough, they moved the platform for document management uh, from a very old system that every law firm used to to use for the last 20 years, which didn't really evolve. Basically, you open a box somewhere in, on a server with your file number and everything goes gets thrown in without much classification of any kind or indexation or whatever. So thank God we moved to iManage like February, just before the pandemic in March. and. Um, We were all afraid when this happened, how are we, our daily lives are, I mean, that's it, the other one is closed, you have to use this, that's the only tool, so what if I can't? Well, great accomplishments in technology, these things are user-friendly, and they duplicate basically your physical file on a virtual platform. So. It was quite easy to adapt and certainly without this, it would have been impossible to practice because otherwise you're always saying, well, I need this file. You ask your assistant, walk out of your office. Could you get it for me? In which drawer is it? I can't remember. Where did you put it? How come it's not there? This is all things of the past now. It's all at your fingertips. So that has made a big change. We've provided laptops to our assistants many months ago. So. The transition was quite easy for them. And you need your assistant, it's part of your team. Without his or her help, it's impossible to function. So that, that also changed our lives. Voice over IP phones, I mean, this is, is crucial. You, you can phone me on my same number that's on the website. At home, I'm at home or I'm in, in a train, I'm climbing the, the highest mountains, but you can always reach me. So that changed our our view of the world also. Teams and Webex. I mean, what did we do without them before? So we are now all very um, capable of handling most of the tasks ourselves. Again, uh, virtual hearings at court. I mean, we all had to adapt. Our justice system had to adapt. And they had to embrace technology. And God knows, for governments, it's not easy. I mean, they can't turn around that quickly as private enterprise. So they, but they stepped up and they had a, Kind of a dysfunctional system that they they use, and then they quickly move to teams, and suddenly we're in, in 2021. You know, uh, everything's functioning now. So, uh, uh, so necessity is the mother of invention. It's really true in our uh, in our world also. Examination out of court. Uh, I mean, very different. Your witness is in in some city. You're in another city. Your adversary is on the other end of the world so that's quite a change also for us but without virtual connection it would be impossible doing conflicts you know every new file you want to open you have to do a conflict search now it's instantly we have a system you can do it on your phone and and suddenly it takes charge and it gives you your answers and so I always envied the accounting firms for being so savvy and so having all these um, bells and whistles, but now uh, we're there. I mean, the lawyers had to uh, step up, basically like a corner store who has to be uh, competing against Amazon. We're the same thing now. We've got our own system and it works great. So, you know, I mean, we had to adapt and all this technology is now part of our daily lives and part of our budget expenses.
1: Well, you know, Mark, it sounds like your firm and you have adapted incredibly well and quickly and quite effectively to this new world with, you know, technology in your back pocket and the visionaries that you described. And so, Martin, uh, how about you? How have you and your firm evolved in this area?
0: Well, as Mark was saying, um, accounting firms have been a bit ahead of the curve on many of these items, and we were moving on to teams already in. It was scheduled for March last year when when the pandemic happened. So the timing couldn't have been better. Technology is an incredible thing. Uh, It keeps us moving forward at a faster and faster pace every year, doing things that a few years ago we likely would have thought were ridiculous. Previously, some trends were progressing at a steady and gradual pace. And and like Mark said, I think the lawyers would have all ended up where they are now, but it might have taken a longer period. COVID has forced us to accelerate everything. They've all learned from what everybody else has done, and they they saw what were The ones who weren't already on that curve, they learned what other people were doing, and they jumped in. In the days of COVID, uh, Though no one has time to wait and see if the competitors' attempts are going to work and see if we're going to replicate them or not. There's no time to watch them passively. We all have to act now. So we're all migrating with similar working tools and we're working from home and getting faster unlimited Wi-Fi. We all scrambled to get an extra or possibly two computer monitors. And we've gotten used to reading and editing documents online rather than printing them, which you know, I hated that myself. And I was wondering how I would adapt to that. And curiously, as Mark said, necessity is the mother of invention. We're all there because we've had no choice. It was obviously a trend before, but now it's the model. The first b- big restructuring assignment I worked on when the pandemic started was Cirque du Soleil. I wondered every day in the early days of that mandate, how are we gonna make this work? without ever meeting in person? How do we exchange masses of documents and develop working relationships and analyze stuff and ask each other questions? And you know, you wanna be in an interactive setting to be able to have those discussions and move forward quickly. Thankfully, we were already migrating to Teams in early 2020, and Cirque was already there. We had no choice but to find solutions quickly on how we could work and share information in a fast and efficient manner. There's no time to complain. You just got to do it. So we quickly learned how to use Teams, whereby typically it probably would have been a gradual process. And as Mark said, you know, we're all there now. We, We all started from a different point in time and a different status, but we've all moved up and we're all pretty much on an equal footing, which makes the system work.
1: Thank you, and I agree with your comments, Martin, about how we've all gotten here. It might have taken some of us a lot longer, years, perhaps even decades, but we've all been forced, and in, you know, in many positive respects, you know, a lot of these practices will likely transcend the pandemic, which is, I know, something we will be talking about later on in this discussion. And so speaking of practices and processes, Martin, turning to you, have you observed any best practices or processes used by the courts, your firm, or perhaps even your clients during this time?
0: I think that COVID has forced us all to work in a more efficient manner. Uh, it's forced us all to move forward technologically where in certain cases, party would probably have elected to stay in their set manners while making limited changes or moving forward at a much slower pace. There are a few positives to COVID, but I think it's forced us to find better, more efficient ways to work. I mean, we found that we can be effective working from home without all the hassles of commuting. For many people, their work-life balance improved a lot, as long as they learn to fold down their laptop screen at a certain point in time in the day. I recall in the early days of the pandemic, it wasn't unusual for me to be live and available and solicited from all parts 18 hours a day. And most of us obliged, as we weren't turning off our computers when leaving the office like we traditionally did before. We all thought we had to be available 24-7. Thank God over time, it seems to, there's an unknowing voice that brought us all back to some reasonable sense of work life balance. The people I work with all seem to gradually move to a place where they'll only answer emergencies after 7 o'clock. They don't expect replies to their emails on a Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock. I mean, once code is behind us, I think many of the new ways to work we've developed in the last 13 months are going to remain. Professionals are not going to mechanically work five days a week from the office, and the days of working from home will not be the exception. I think people go to the office when there's real need to be there. I mean, people are probably going to stagger their hours uh, to avoid heavy traffic and rush hour. I think we might develop the habit of looking at the estimated travel time on Google map or ways before deciding if we're going to go to the office or not today. I mean, a lot of the accounting firms have already been doing some hoteling, whereby we reserve our desks daily for the days we're going to be in the office. With the newfound productivity of working from home, office-based requirements are probably going to decline for professional services firms. Or otherwise they'll be able to accommodate new hirings without the need to increase office space. Uh, One of the things that was previously keeping us going to the office was our files, our records, our documents and it took a while to get there but I think during COVID we learned to PDF and download just about everything and we can access it anywhere we go. I think we're all going to crave the ability to meet and chat at the coffee machine once we all go back to the office but once that dies down after a certain period of time I think we're going to settle in a much different mix of office versus home office obviously leaning more than before on the home office than before. But there are a couple of problems that I'm seeing. I mean, on the other hand, I think there's a part of my job that as much as I try and as much as technology evolves, I don't think I'll be able to automate or move away from. Usually when I get involved in a file, there are problems obviously. They could be operational, financial, or both. And I'm called in as a sort of fireman to figure out the problem quickly try to fix it and in some cases try to maximize recovery for creditors or investors by liquidating the assets or transferring investor assets to new brokers. To do that, I I usually require two principal pillars. That's my personal knowledge and experience, but also identifying and working with the key internal resources at the company. The problem I face right now is that working in a remote environment. I still need to move quickly and identify key company personnel, but working remotely and not seeing people face to face live makes that a bit difficult. I mean, I can review and assess documents, reports. You know, if a cash flow looks reasonable, I can do that remotely, but figuring out who I can and can't trust and rely on to help me to do my job fast and efficiently. There's so much I can do on a video call. And that's part is critical to performing my job in the most effective. And and I got to be expeditious in doing these things. So I don't think I can put out fires remotely that requires meeting people face-to-face and being in the office in such cases, it's still the best way to do my job.
2: that that is a great segue into into this, uh, Martin. Um, I can tell you that it does create a different environment for us uh, used to uh, go before the court. One of the things that I think I miss the most is the eye contact with the judge because basically when you're close and depending on the quality of the video and where the camera is situated. But uh, in some instances, the judge is in his office and it's very easy because it's like you and me having a a video conference. So you see the reaction, you can you can see if if the judge is listening or taking notes and you can pause and let him think or whatever. But if you're in a courtroom and there's a camera in the courtroom, usually the judge is very far from the camera. So you lose that sense of communication with the judge and trying to read the judge, which is all part of our business. I mean, we have to to analyze the um, the reactions to, to adapt and see, is this receptive? Is this negative? Is this hostile? All these signs that you have to interpret. So that's a big change, obviously. But there are changes that came also from the pandemic. Uh, for example, the, the government by decree extended uh, limitation periods. I mean, under statutes in every province, you have a limited time to institute your recourses. Governments have have adopted different legislations to extend those times. And the only times I've seen this, and it was even as it was the ice storm back in in, in 20 years ago, basically. And it was just administrative delays that were extended to file memorandums or file appeal briefs. And But this is the first time I've seen they actually suspended the limitation period to institute recourses. So that that's the way that the justice system adapted, just like hospitals, basically. Uh, now, but they have to deal with backlogs of cases. So they couldn't stand still for a lot of time. And that's why virtual hearings came into shortly after the announcement of the pandemic and the prohibition to go in public places and everything, they had to adapt. And when you think of hearings, it's all its all nice. Most of the time in, on the commercial list, we have hearings where basically you have no witnesses or only, I call them professional witnesses, such as people like you, Martin, monitors, trustees, and, and they basically deliver their report. but when you have contested case where evidence has to be made, uh, obviously witnesses testifying, having them contradicted through a serious cross-examination is not as easy virtually than when you're sitting or standing actually within a foot of of the witness where you're trying and, and trying to see what their physiognomy is are they sweating are they not sweating are they reacting properly look at the judge look at the witness is he catching this is he you know all this interaction is a bit lost in the translation so we'll have to adapt and that is why you will still have real trials with with presence in court because when you have three months trial or six months trial or or four days trial it's obvious that some evidence has to be introduced the old-fashioned way. And we have, uh, you know, the apparition of all these uh, these accessories in the courtrooms. I mean, uh, all these shields everywhere to protect everyone. So, but it's certainly uncomfortable. And I'm glad that in commercial, on the commercial list, we can do things differently and more virtual than others. But certainly it has changed our habits. Uh, having an examination out of court, we all have this. People produce affidavits, you need to examine a witness. So you're you're here, your witness is in a different city, or uh, inside your witness, my colleague's witness, and you're trying to figure out how do you prepare usually you, you had them in your office and have a meeting and prepare the examination refresh their memory with documents and everything now suddenly okay i have to rethink all of this we have to adapt we had to adapt and we have to adapt because we can't say well i won't have a hearing or a discovery because i can't have it in presence of others i mean stenographers are adapted they they take their stenography at distance so It's no choice. This has changed and it's going to be there for a while and uh, it's going to happen. The only thing I may say, and you touched on it, technology in in the courthouse is still Teams is a great improvement, but I think where we'll see a greater improvement in the future is when you file documents into court. Now it's all paper and it has to become paperless because the world is going paperless and We work without paper. So when you say filing exhibits, so you need to hire someone to print something, to send to the judge who will put it in a box, will never look at it anymore because he's gonna read it on screen on your PDF or other documents. So that has to change and will change, I'm confident. It's just that uh, it's the next step. But certainly our practice, the practice of law as we see it uh, is very different.
1: Thank you, Mark. You know, speaking of best practices and some of these that you've described as being quite a positive development and progression in the area of law, are there any that you believe will remain after the end of the pandemic?
2: Well, I, I think now, even if practitioners and some justices were reluctant to have virtual hearings at the beginning, I think now everybody's in the mood. And I think it's there to stay, especially for practice courts uncontested motions or um, hearings like Cirque du Soleil or Aldo, where I was at the beginning of the year, where you know everything's ready to be debated and you don't have as many uh, witnesses or evidence to bring. I think this is there to stay. Practice courts, I think, will function very well virtually going forward. It's going to be more justice by appointment There will be a call of the roll in the morning, and then they'll say, okay, well, please um, leave the virtual room and come back at four o'clock in room something, and your judge will be waiting for you. So there's going to be much less waiting and walking in the corridors of the courthouse, more time spent efficiently, virtual presentation of documents, when you present a plan of arguments, now you need to put a, a linked to the uh, doctrine or case law into your documents so that the judge only presses his button on your PDF and is directly brought to canley uh, or whatever source you're referring to. So that's a big change. I mean, um, more preparation, but certainly much more efficient. And I, that's progress even in our industry. We're paperless and the courts will be paperless and uh, lawyers will be more efficient.
1: So Martin, how about you? Are, are you seeing the same kind of evolution in terms of more efficiencies, more cost savings for clients in your world as a trustee?
0: Well, definitely, You know, COVID has forced us all to work in a more efficient manner. It's forced us all to move forward technology, where in certain cases, parties would have elected to stay in their set manners while making limited changes or moving at a slower pace. I also found myself working from the cottage many times over the last few months. And I don't imagine my counterparts saw any difference in it for them. As long as you're there and available and with voice over IP, they can reach you anywhere. They, they phone the same phone number and they reach you wherever you are. So while the shift makes me wonder how this will affect downtown real estate office towers, though. So I'm curious, you know, it, there's been some positive sides for, for technology and how we all going to work more efficiently. I'm curious what's going to happen to downtown office cores and, and the resulting impact. And will there be a, a transformation of downtown cores?
1: Thank you, Martin. I think that's a great question, possibly for another podcast. But one thing that you touched on and that Mark touched on as well uh, relates to communication and how some people, in fact, many people are missing the human contact, the type of communication that one would have at the coffee machine, in the kitchen, in the corridor, et cetera. And so at CIPF, we've observed the importance of frequent and clear communication during crises. How have you and those at your firm adapted your communications plans or strategies as a result of this crisis?
0: Well, obviously one thing I've learned is that too much communication is a lot better than too few communications. And here I'm talking about real live real live discussions, face-to-face discussions. I'm not talking about the ever increasing volume of email communication, which which tends to get lost and diluted in the whole process. At EY, we developed early on in the crisis that meetings should be planned regularly and well in advance, be they national, local, or by department. I mean, the coffee machine that we used to have, or the impromptu discussion that starts by crossing paths, walking in the office, that's not just a social event, it's a meeting where advice is sought, expertise is shared, and, and opportunities are identified. With all those informal forums being gone, it's important to create opportunities to bring about those discussions i mean from time to time we've had meetings where much of the agenda was planned and well laid out presentations updates on major cases jurisprudence coming and going in law firms and banks but the important thing is that even when nothing specific was planned on the agenda we held those meetings in part to make sure that we stayed in touch with each other it also happened quite often where open discussions on anything and everything ended up generating new ideas initiatives the sharing of market data and seeking advice on large and problematic files where everybody would chip in, everybody would bring their comments, and, and you had the, the benefit of having like 15 people <laughs> giving you advice. <laughs> Maybe that's too much, but you, you certainly got more input than you would have had just by yourself. You know, and While there's a lot of professionals that have been working at their, their craft for years and we've been working together, there's also a rising crop of new entries in our field of business that need to be integrated and need to feel they're part of the team. Some of them have joined our team and i have never even met them personally. So it's important that those forms help integrate them until the day that we can meet and greet them in a live setting. It's very difficult to establish a sense of belonging when you don't meet anyone in person, and so you have to make the extra effort to integrate them. Professional resources at various levels. I'm not sure if law firms have the same issue. They're stretched thin in these COVID times, and so you need to make sure no one is left behind. You need to take care of the people you have because they are the future of of your business. They will help you grow and and move on to the next level. So you have to make the effort. And you know some of them are are, are single, and, and not everybody has a family around them. And some of them have, have small apartments or are alone, and you know they may feel the brunt of this COVID pandemic after 11 months a lot more than others have.
1: Thank you, Martin. It's clear that empathy and clear communication is top of mind for you and your firm in terms of getting through this pandemic in the most effective and positive way possible. Marc, can you comment on this question of communication and the frequency during a crisis?
2: Well, I totally agree with Martin. I mean, communication is key at all levels. Every second week, we have our national managing partner and COO uh, give us an update on how we're doing and what's going right what's what's not going right, our new initiatives, what are people doing, uh, new major clients. And that's great. It's important because you need to be part of a team. You know, what is the team doing and how good are we doing? That's important. But we also have department meetings. But the ones I cherish most are the smaller meetings of our restructuring group, let's say in Montreal, where we exchange on what's the market, who has moved from where to where, and uh, what's new, what new judge we have, what's their habits. I mean, we all need this information to get better at our craft, but also it gives us a chance to meet. And I would say, I see more of my partners now than I used to see them even when I was in the office, because. We all take that same break during the day. You you can't say you're at the courthouse, you're at the client. We all take this video break and have a chat and discuss professional issues, but also how are you doing? How are you coping? And have you tried a good recipe these days? I mean, it's as much as, you know, it's a a good mental exercise also. And we do it also with our uh, support staff. Um, Every second week we we ask our support staff to join that meeting because, they're part of the team. I mean, they answer questions to the client. They make us look efficient. They they have to understand the urgency and, and the importance of what they do. We wanna make them feel part of the team all the time. What's new in our world, what's new in their world, and, and how they're adapting. And, and yes, sometimes you see a dog or a cat or a baby crossing by, and it just adds to the, the good times of having communication. So communications are key, but they don't have to be all that plan, all that majestic, and all that serious. And uh, we found that this is great. I think we we interact more as a, a business unit since we've done this. Everybody's geared at delivering the service and they feel as important a wheel as we are in getting that delivery there because they often are the first ones answering the client and, and they're the ones producing the documents that we need to be produced and uh, they make us look good. They're part of the team, so that's quite important. The other thing that I've noticed is obviously how do you market yourself in a pandemic? You can't ask a client, would you wanna go for lunch or have dinner or let's go do this? Or there's a lot of impromptu calls with clients having a coffee with the client virtually or or sometimes you you start talking about your file but soon you ask well what are you doing and and you see their environment and i feel that clients are open to having these discussions they they really want to go beyond yeah we do business that's fine but really what what's your life about and what good tricks have you come up with with dealing with this thing and uh, how's your province uh, doing i had a call with italy the other day and we were comparing confinements and rules and, uh, because that's our reality. But it's, it's brought the practice to a more human level, I find. And that's, I mean, it's, it's even with colleagues or, who are your adversaries all day. You're competing for files, mandates. You're bashing each other in court on different arguments and, and take positions. But you always ask, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on with you? And to me, that's, you know, it gives us uh, some faith in the human race at the end. Uh, we're all in this together. Uh, we'll pull through.
1: Well, thank you, Mark. That is a very positive, optimistic outlook. And I think, you know, really we can all benefit from that in terms of having, you know, key takeaways and key processes and practices that will transcend this pandemic, including, for example, in the IT area in terms of empathy and reaching out to colleagues and having this more frequent and real human connection with people, both professionally and personally. It really has been a pleasure, Marc and Martin, to have you both with us today. It's been an engaging and truly thought-provoking discussion. However, unfortunately, our time together is up. So first, I'd like to thank our listeners for their time and attention, and I hope they have found the discussion as interesting as I have. We also always welcome your comments, and the best way to reach us is through our website at www.cipf.ca. Finally, we look forward to welcoming you back to listen to the next CIPF podcast. In the meantime, stay tuned and be well. Thank you again, Marc and Martin.
2: It was a pleasure, Elena. Thanks, Elena.
0: Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media to stay up to date on all CIPF podcasts. More information about the speakers and what we discussed today can be found in the show notes. Please note that this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute advice of any kind. Thank you for listening.